or San Juan Island or Washington State. That's right. I'm doing this show from my mom's house today because I'm visiting family up here. we got to start the show with a very important comment contest because, and it's not about my hair, COVID is coming back. I don't know if you noticed, but hey, it's it's popular again. There are a lot of pro-COVID propagandists out there who want you to be afraid, who want you to mask up, who want you to get the vaccine, who want you to stay home, who want you to bow down to the authorities and it's at, we are going to get into i mean i i hate to do this today because i thought i thought i mean we were transitioning away from like monday and wednesday covid blocks right we're gonna we're gonna contain covid on adam versus the man we're gonna make things a little more sane and and uh you know science and reality based instead of fear and propaganda based and that's that's the craziest thing about what's happening right now oh it's the science trust the science like that's that's not science that's politics that came from government that didn't come from people looking for the truth that came from people what are, what, politicians what are looking to fuck you over looking to exploit you those people yeah that's not science that's politics don't force your politics on me facebook user oh yes number 666 oh my congratulations to the adamers of the man family we made it to episode 666 not not my most important milestone but that's today's show yes Facebook user, uh, just Facebook user. Interesting <laughs> comment came in. All right. Hey, but I got to start today's show with a shout out to Kenmore Karen of San Juan Island. That's right. So I flew out here on Kenmore Airlines. And Kenmore Airlines is like a really cool little puddle jumper airline. Uh, generally great staff, great people. Um, and they fly like, you know, little puddle jumper planes like uh what like six to ten passengers maybe six twelve that like that range not tiny but they're small passenger planes and they fly uh i, I don't know where else but like at least around this area um and it's just oh man it just <laughs> flying kenmore as much as i i enjoy kenmore and i enjoy the small flights over the water and 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 the people um man it does it does really make you appreciate how bad government is for the airline industry when you see the uh the sort of like extra logistics involved and going from like one airfield to another from Boeing to SeaTac and all, all that stuff. But anyway, um, on my way here, oh, healthy disrespect for authority is with us on YouTube. Kenmore, <laughs> like the Sears brand. Yeah, no, but totally unrelated as far as I know. Kenmore Airlines, uh, you can look them up, small regional airline. And, um, you know, there are lots of reasons to not wear masks. Right. I mean, if you care about your health and you understand the difference between science and politics, then you understand that when they're asking the wrong questions of science to deliberately get the wrong answers, they're trying to manipulate you. So remember, remember that, like, if you if you ask science, hey, does wearing a mask limit the spread of droplets in the immediate situation? The science goes, yeah, look at these charts. Look at these look at these infographics in this cloud. And you go, well. If I breathe through with a vaporizer, you see the cloud of smoke coming out and it's only just a smaller cloud. You're saying my like immediate range of spreading droplets went from, I, I, you know, and, and, and you okay, well, that's, that's nice. That's true. Like you can, oh, well, I'm going to limit my droplets. But the goal of wearing the masks, we step back for a second, right? It's not to limit droplets. 
It's to limit the spread of COVID. And even then, it's not really to just limit the spread of COVID because it's not limit the spread of COVID at all costs. It's limit, it, it, it's, it's achieve better health, right? And so if, if you ask science, hey, does wearing a mask limit your spread of droplets? Science will say, yes, it does. If you ask science, is wearing masks good for your health overall? Science says, hell no. And we have the studies for this. And I got to again, shout out Ben Swan for shit now, like a year ago, being the one who who brought that study to, to my attention, to a lot of other people's attention that showed that in, in controlled population groups, if you had extended wearing of masks, people were more likely to get the flu and had an overall worse health outcome than populations that didn't wear masks. That was the controlled experiment that actually looks at the effectiveness of masks, not at spreading droplets, but at reducing the transmission of disease. So wearing masks actually increases transmission of disease. And the funny thing is we, we, we got this from the Asians, but in, in Asia, they wear masks knowing that they're ineffective, at least you know, pre-pandemic stuff. And they would go wear a mask to, as, a, as a signaler to say, I'm sick stay away from me or be cautious around me, not, hey, this mask is going to protect you if you're around me. See the difference? So when they said everybody mask up, like they ruined the one good thing that masks were for. <laughs> uh, let's see, Kimberly, what praise Jesus for the truth that is revealed in today's episode. Indeed, and for those of you who appreciate Christ as that in the way that I know our friend Kim, well, nope, now whoopsie doo does. Uh, praise Zeus. <laughs> All right. But in the way that Kim would, I think there are Christians who think for themselves, who take their religion as a beautiful way to connect with spirituality and live better. And those I have the utmost respect for. As opposed to the Christians who take the Bible as doctrine and an excuse for authority and to not think and blah, 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 all, all, the, all the, the toxic Christianity that is mainstream Christianity in America. I'm not endorsing that. So when we understand that masks are against, you know, your, your health, and, and it's not like it's going to kill you to wear a mask, right? It's it's not. I mean, like I was wearing masks before it was cool because I, I used to do what well, that'd be still do when i'm at home when i'm at home i would do uh you know a lot of, a lot of chainsaw work when, I, when i'm doing when i'm working a chainsaw i put a banana over my nose but i'm breathing hard i'm working and i'm, I'm physically active and you know every time i'm not I, I put the chainsaw down and i'm not creating a dust cloud of sawdust i'm i, I take the mask off you know it's to prevent the physical particles from like entering my airway uh, that's not what we're talking about with COVID masks. So when people are asking you to put on a mask, they're asking you to do something to compromise your health for virtue signaling, for compliance, for what, whatever other crazy fear-based values are rattling around in their heads. And the sad thing is that this has made a lot of people Karens. We live in the age of COVID Karens. And you give someone a, a thimble full of power uh, I, I prefer teaspoon. I, we explained this on the show last night. A thimble, for those of you who never had to sew, is that little metal. It's in Monopoly. There's a thimble play piece. Remember? Probably not in the modern I'm still dating myself here. Okay, it's so a thimble. You put it on your finger. It's that little metal cap for your finger to push a needle, right, while you're sewing. You have a thimble full of power, and they turn into petty tyrants. And, and th these are the Corona Karens. 
Uh, you know, a lot of them in the airline industry, as we've seen unruly passenger reports, basically quadruple. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that number is exactly accurate, but uh, I mean, thousands of uh, they're saying um, that it's it's it, and most of it's uh, over mask compliance. They want people to comply. And instead of recognizing that, even according to their like, if you look at the covid propaganda the I, I what do we call this the covid mythology the covid religion uh healthy disrespect masks are for halloween and Mardi Gras and bank robberies don't forget bank robberies um so uh, by the way today's comment contest is, is is best retort to a corona carrier let's just go ahead and kick this off if if you know a corona carrier or you've had an interaction with one or you've seen them on maybe some viral videos what is your favorite retort to the Corona Karens, the people, you're not six feet away from me. You need to put your mask on, you know, like the, the, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I mean, generally my, I mean, most of these people are not, I forgot which, which way is my hair going today. Uh, <laughs> this is the ultimate comb over. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I, it, it, it's a lot of bullying. It's a lot of bullying is what it is right now. Uh, what to do? Adam's hair looks like a toupee. Yeah, no, nah, it's not. It's not. Sorry. Um, it is It is troll doll hair, though, still. Look, and I didn't I didn't put anything in it this morning just so I could do the comb over for, for this episode. But look, I, this is I, I ha, I, I'm going to geek out on my hair for a second because I've had a buzz cut since, like, I joined the Marines at 17. I've, I've not had hair this long. I think once in my life as a teenager. It's like troll doll hair. I can just, sorry, it's still a little wet. I can just push it into whatever form I want, including goofy comb over for today's show. So uh, you give people this thimble full of power and, and, and they turn into these petty tyrants. And it's a kind of bully. You know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've, 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 I've examined this uh in, in in terms of other other phenomena of statism, that that there are there are, there's a lot of bullying behind it, you know it's uh you know it, it it's a way of using the fact that the state power is backing up the violence of the state is backing you up. A lot of the things with Karens typically are are calling the police on people, right? And when you call the police on someone you're, or you threaten it, like, I'll call the police on you. What you're saying is, you know, there there are guys with guns who I can use against you. Bully. The definition of the word of a bully uh, as a noun is a person who eventually seeks to harm or intimidate those whom they perceive as vulnerable. And so for me, when it comes to the masks, like in a sense, I'm I, according to according to COVID mythology, I'm I'm one of the vulnerable because I'm not supposed to wear a mask because I have allergies and I've had asthma and pneumonia in the past. And so, like as 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 someone who can have uh, allergic irritation from wearing a mask, uh, I'm not supposed to wear one, according to my doctor, according to the science, according to their policies. Even I, I definitely shouldn't wear a mask because. The risk that I, I mean, if I'm sneezing, if I'm coughing and, 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 and all that, um, it's, that's more of a respiratory illness risk for me and for people around me than, than COVID, right? By, so, um, all right, healthy disrespect to the Karen statement is you should be wearing a mask. The replies, I should be wearing a bra too, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, but see, it's different when, and this is why I want to give a, I want to start my show with a shout out to Kenmore Karen, um, 
because it it's it's one thing to say uh, you know I, I i can i can i can i can dismiss your fear mongering i can dismiss your propaganda i can dismiss your bullying but not when it comes with a threat behind it and that's the thing about airlines and 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 uh flight attendants is that they have the air marshals and the government backing them up a lot of them i've met can choose to be rational choose to be cool choose to be understanding and compassionate of those of us with with medical conditions that say even by covid mythology you should wear a mask and i've flown quite a bit the last few months uh and it's it's not like there's been a sudden change in passenger attitudes. It's there's a sudden change in the way that airline flight attendants have been instructed by their employers and backed up by government in enforcing this propaganda-based mythology mandate. Patrick was I had a Karen tell me I couldn't smoke at the airport yesterday. I told him to write me a ticket. He walked away. <laughs> Outside the airport. Oh, you can't smoke there. <laughs> oh, write me a ticket. Yeah, no, nah, I like that. I like that. Um, not quite a corona. For the comment contest today, though, we're really looking for Corona Karen rebuke because there is a woman. Uh, I, I believe her name is Linda, who was on my flight and she was not dressed in, in any kind of uniform, um, but she was sitting up front next to the captain in the co-pilot seat, which is one of the really cool things that Kenmore does because they often have these planes that are flown and crewed by one guy or or woman. There have been a few been, been some women pilots have been awesome there. Um, but it was one pilot and they let a passenger come and sit next to the pilot in the front seat. It's really cool. And so I thought that's who this was. And the pilot on my flight, as I got on was great. Like I, I had my bandana on around my neck, which is sometimes how I travel. Cause it's like, well, if, if you ask me and I'm next to you to put on a mask for a few minutes, cause I'm, I'm coming to, to be in your space. I want to show people that I'm, I'm willing to indulge their paranoia. I don't want to make, I mean, if you're, if you've been scared by lies and propaganda into submission, I don't want to make that worse. Uh, but if you come to me and say, put on a mask, get, get away from me. Right. Adam MacArthur, the bullying is getting bad with the vaccine too. The question about personal medical decisions is bullshit. Ironic as well. A lot of the questions are supposed to, or questioners are supposedly pro-choice. Yeah. My body, my choice, right? No, not anymore. Um, so, uh, Linda, the, the Kenmore Karen said uh, that, that I had to put my mask on and actually tried, like, kept watching me during the flight. It was really creepy. Um, but then at the end, it was even worse. Uh, and by the way, there was another passenger on the, on the flight who said, I'd like this. I like, could you put your mask on? And, you know, I said, well, I'm not supposed to. And I asked the pilots right there. Like, I, 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 in this situation, uh, Kenmore Air you know, didn't ask me to put on a mask at the airport. Kenmore Air didn't ask me to put on a mask at the check-in counter. Kenmore Air didn't ask me to put on a mask in the waiting lounge. They didn't ask me to put on a mask boarding the plane. They asked me to put on a mask after I'd already sat down on the plane. It's kind of like, well, shit, at that point, if the captain says do it and you don't do it, flight's over. So don't, you know, all right, I'm, I'll go with the captain. I, sub I submitted to the captain in order to make this flight. Um, but I think he was trying to be cool. And it was, it was Linda, the, 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 the Ken, I, I hope that's her name. Uh, the Kenmore Karen bully who, uh, anyway, uh, here in Bivitum, $2, 
Always interrupting for super chats. You got a super chat in there on YouTube. It'll be on the show. Here on Bividum for $2, I carry a doctor's note for uh, Teddy Tora. Teddy Tora? I don't, I don't know what that is. Okay, so, but see, see Kenmore Karen, um, you know, it, it, back to the definition of bullying, harm or intimidate. She threatened me with government action about this. She said that you would get arrested. We would kick you off and you would get arrested. She also said that this is federal regulations. And it's like, have you read the part about exemptions? Because then if you haven't, you don't know how to how to apply these. And what you're actually doing is illegal. So, I, I mean, I, I'm i not a Karen. I'm not going to call Kenmore Karen and uh, or call the police on Kenmore Karen or, uh, you know, re reporter to Kenmore Airlines because uh, – well, I don't know. I don't. What do you think? Do you think? Do you think that flight attendants who are bullying passengers are worth complaining about to, to airlines at this point? I mean, it seems seems almost futile. But I, I do want to stand up to bullies. My mom taught me to stand up to bullies. I want to do the right thing here. Um, and it's it, if you feel that you have government guns on your side, this is the thing about being a Karen. Then it doesn't matter. You know, everybody who's not a cop or a government agent who's, who's who's with them is vulnerable to you. You're powerful. You have the men with guns and women with guns on your side. You have the government guns on your side. And um, there was a kind of intimidation that even continued after the flight. Kenmore Karen came out as we were in, in its tiny, tiny terminal, tiny airport here on San Juan Island. Really cool operation. And as I was getting off the... Uh, the captain was like, "Don't worry, man. You're in a you're in a mask-free uh, terminal here. It's okay." So I go up and I I hug my mom and she's great. And we go and uh, no one's wearing masks. And now like all the people who were in the airplane are now standing around in this little terminal. And then we're standing around outside getting our bags. And Kenmore uh, Heron comes up to me to keep going on about this in front of my mom. I mean, this is like really dangerous kind of. Like, I don't want to say it's dangerous. It's just disgusting. It's kind of bullying. And it's it's shameful. And the problem with this is, like, obviously, my medical condition is not a major challenge to me. But there are a lot of people who have conditions that are. There are a lot of parents with autistic children who are afraid to go out because of bullies like you, Kenmore, Karen. There are a lot of people who, who can't go and enjoy a normal life. Even people who buy into the whole COVID mythology that you're promoting because they have challenging medical conditions that uh, people like you are just unwilling to accept. Uh, we are changed, Maryland. There's too many control freaks. Yeah. And so, I mean, this, this woman, unfortunately, Kenmore Karen, um, she's, she's kind of overweight, you know, and, 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 I, and I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't fat shame. Um, but I will hypocrisy shame. If your body is a clear record of your consistent bad decisions about your health, you're really in no position to be giving out health advice, let alone bullying people over medical stuff that you clearly don't understand. Now, I know, I know there are people out there who are overweight by no reflection of what's inside their mind or their hearts. But for most people who are overweight, we have to face up 
to the reality of this. Why do people not love themselves to care for their bodies? Why do people not have that mental health that is then reflected in their physical health? What lack of self-love? What lack of, of confidence, of, of, of capabilities has led to that? Mike Vita, air travel is basically <laughs> No, no, no. You're thinking of the South Park episode with, with the, uh, the the alternative thing. Oh, yeah. Go, go look. Yeah. Find that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the verb bully is to seek to harm, intimidate, or coerce someone perceived as vulnerable. So what Kenmore Karen did was use the threat of government to coerce me into compliance with her wrong interpretation of the policy, which isn't even law yet, as far as I know. A healthy disrespect for authority. Kenmore Karen, where would you like your bully shirt sent? Um, <laughs> do they make sure to say bully across them? I don't think bullies wear self-identifying T-shirts. No. Uh, most of them are, uh, I mean, they, they, some people define when they define Karen uh, as someone who uses their privilege to demean others or to, to abuse others or take advantage of or control others. And so it's it's often uh, wealthier, older white women, right? That's That's the cliche, although we've taken this word Karen and really applied it to anybody who's, uh, you know, this kind of, uh, of, of statist bully people who use the authority of the state you know they call the cops on you or they threaten action and what's worse is karen kenmore karen actually put a so she, she said this there is a note in your file now and she got in my face in front of my mom after we got off the plane and collected our bags to tell me this and my mom told me oh yeah she works for the airline here and i'm like so this isn't just some random like citizen. This is an employee of Kenmore Airlines who is in, not on duty and still using that authority to bully passengers. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's appropriate. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna. I I don't know. I'm not. I don't know if I'm gonna pursue this beyond making this this fun uh, you know intro to the podcast today. Maybe, maybe I'll send it to Kenmore Airlines and say, yeah, you probably should look into this because I don't think you should have customers bullied by your employees over their medical conditions. A hair of the dog could always use the oxygen masks in the aircraft ceiling to get a nice eye and make Karen happy. Well, so thank you for that hair of the dog on YouTube because that's what I wanted to get at here with, with Linda. You know, like what, what makes someone a bully? You know, and I, I want to take this opportunity to, to really uh, up the zen of our game as, as, as activists, as, as truth seekers, as, as, uh, as ethicists, right? Because it's one thing to say, let's fight the bully. Let's stand up to the bully. Let's kick him in the balls, you know, or punch him in the nose. And it's like, well, that violence isn't the answer. If, and if violence isn't the answer, then what is? Reason logic, and most importantly, compassion. And I know a lot of you are going to say, fuck the Karens, fuck the bullies, fuck the government. But even when I look at the most evil parts of government, I say this as a combat veteran who has seen my buddies die in the sand in Iraq for lies, even among the people who were the architects of that policy. Let's see what happens 
when we apply empathy. Let's let's be loving and empowering to these people and see what happens because it's not it's not it's not it's not happy well-centered people that become bullies or politicians. Ann Rawlson, Adam Kogesh, pissing off airlines one at a time so you don't have to. Um yeah, and, and and this is this is really troubling because it, it it gives you the it gives airlines the opportunity to to just shut people out of flying, essentially, um, if the, if they're not obedient enough in a way that has nothing to do with safety, right, or just the illusion of safety at least. And when you think about being being empathetic, you know, uh, from from people like Kenmore Karen, who is who is a really petty tyrant, who is a a, a petty bully. I mean, she's not even, you know, bullying anything out of me. Like, I, she didn't take my lunch money. She just, it, it's ego. It's ego. What is she doing? Uh, here in Bivinum with a super chat for $5. She got closer than lovers and friends to you in school. Do you even though that defeats the purpose of a mask? Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Don't expect the Karens and the, the pro-COVID mythology propagandists to make sense, okay? If it makes sense. All right. Uh so back to the, the the bullying psychology, like what did she get? You know, because because in you think about like the the school bully, you know, threatens to beat you up, steal your lunch money. That's not it's not really relevant anymore. I mean, to kids, I'm sure some places that's you can still use cash for for paying for school lunches. Is that a thing? Um, but bullies stealing little shit in school, right? Like that's that's a thing um, because they have they have a material incentive. So with Kenmore Karen, you have to think, like, what is her incentive? What is the perverse incentive to bully someone with a medical condition into an anti-scientific political compliance policy? It's it's ego and it's, it's, it's lack of self-love. And that's reflected in her body and in the body of so many other petty tyrants and bullies because you're only capable of acting hatefully towards another human being if there's a deficiency of love in yourself. And so to Kenmore Karen, I mean, if you, if you end up seeing this, um, I hope you do. Uh, I'm easy to find. I'm easy to get a hold of. And I want to stand up to the bully here, not by standing up to you, not by getting you fired, although that might be in the best interest of Kenmore Airlines and, and public safety. I, I want to reach out and stand up to the bully that's within you. I want to help you develop whatever whatever deficiency in self-love you have. Maybe I'm the guy to help. Probably not. I don't know what you need, but at least, you know, a nutritionist, personal trainer. And I know that's sort of like a band-aid. And you go, well, hey, how Adam, you're trying to address a deep-seated psychological issue with this person. Or are you telling them to work out and eat right? Well, working out and eating right is an expression of self-love. Or I should say not working out and eating poorly is an expression of something that is interfering with your love, of uh, your natural highest state of being a loving self, right? E either there's some fear or or some, some self-soothing, some avoidance happening, right? And just the act of taking charge of your health as an act of self-love creates a self-reinforcing positive spiral towards a greater state of mental and physical health. So it's not just like, hey, work out and don't look like a Karen. It's like work out and love yourself and be healthy. 
and 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 I hope as well. Obviously, you can address the psychological issues directly. It's not that's not my only answer. Is like you know, uh, work out and and eat right, and then everything else just kind of falls into place. I'm not not that delusional. I'd like to think that that a little self introspection uh, or a little uh, self introspection redundant is a term. I think it is. You know, do a little introspection, do some meditation, do some yoga, get some therapy. And and not just this. Oh, I'm gonna sit on a couch and someone's gonna listen to me there. Like that's not bad. I'm 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 pro therapy of all kinds, really. But you know, really challenge yourself to not be a bully anymore and see what is it that leads you to be a bully. So this is how we stand up to bullies: to be advocates for love, for connectedness, for human connection to others, to the self, to the universe. To the sense that 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 I enjoy and I love and that is important to me in my daily meditations, that you know, we are all one. There is a uniting force of love in the universe. I don't believe in a personified God, but I do believe in a God that binds us all. The God that is the underlying vibration of love throughout the universe. And I, I see then that, that there are places where there is a lack of that love. And I want to spread the good word, especially. To the Corona Karens. So that's our comment contest today. What is your best retort or response or reply to a Corona Karen when they tell you something uh, to bully you into compliance with something that is not in the interest of your health? Jay Lee Porter, well-meaning but uninformed people are really brainwashed from the news. They hear the same talking points from people every day. I, it's just a pandemic for the unvaxxed, et cetera. Well, you know about that, like well-meaning but uninformed. That's fine. It's fine to be well-meaning and uninformed for a minute. But you have, you have, you have a smartphone. You have, you have the internet, your truth button. You can do your own research. Most of the time, we, when you know government is lying to you, we, we know the government is lying. That's a thing. <laughs> uh, again, you know, my favorite meme is the graph, like, how much you trust government on the vertical axis and how much you understand history on the horizontal axis. And it's like, well, the more you understand history, the more your trust in government goes down. Yeah. So when government is lying, as we know they are now, there's no excuse for being uninformed or misinformed. There's no, I mean, it, it is really a blind, willful ignorance, especially now for anybody who still believes the mainstream Corona, or I shouldn't say mainstream. It's not even mainstream. It's, it's, I mean, only half of Americans have been fully vaccinated, and a lot of them don't even believe in the mythology. So with that, we know that we are being lied to. We know that it's not for our own good. So find out for yourself. And then you cross another line of irresponsibility when you are well-meaning but uninformed, and then you go and become a bully and a Karen. I don't think you're well-meaning anymore at that point. So again, Best response to a Corona Karen is our comment contest today. Get him in. Joey Lee, I know. Joey, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to start the show with a 30-minute rant, but I hope this was worthwhile. Joey Lee, more people admit to smoking weed than have had the vaccine. Yes. Remember, this uh, this COVID mythology is brought to you by the same people who brought you the cannabis mythology that cannabis is dangerous and bad for you and needs to be outlawed. And people who smoke it and grow it and sell it need to be locked in a cage because of the drug war. All right. And with that, Jim, give us the producer notes. What's going on? Interesting opener, man. I can't believe she walked up to you after the flight while you're with your mom. That's what blows me away the most. Like, 
are you serious? I get being a Karen and, and rambling your crap, but to come up to you with who you got there, that's totally just untactful or whatever. That's just a whole nother yeah. level. Yeah. It's, yeah. That crossed another line. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. The funny thing. So I, I, I stood there and listened to her uh, because I, I wanted to be, you know, conversationally respectful at least and let her say her piece. And as soon as I said anything back, she walked away. And and this is this is really funny. I remember what she said. She said, "Don't worry, I have children too." <laughs> like oh, to my mom. Yeah. You know what I was thinking to say because the the guy who asked me to or, or asked the pilot to ask me to put the mask on was flying with what appeared to be his wife and his kid. And I I mean I wanted to go say something like really messed up to get in their heads and be like. Hey, kid, just because your parents are frightened losers doesn't mean you have to be also. But I don't do stuff like that. You know, yeah. I don't like like if you're like, I, I, I mean, I, I should have whispered to the kid and be like, hey, you don't have to grow up to be like your parents. That would have been that would have been the helpful version of that as opposed to the well, I mean, it's all helpful. I mean, yeah. if you're if you see parents with their kids in public and the parents are acting like assholes, you should probably point out to the kids that they don't have to grow up to be assholes. Yeah. And like with this guy, he wasn't, I, I don't know, it's, it's I, I wouldn't call him an asshole. I mean, as much as a, I don't know, frightened care. What, what is someone who's like, I'm so afraid of sitting next to someone not wearing a mask that I'm going to ask the authorities to have them put on a mask. There's that, and that's driving a lot of this, right, Jim? You've experienced stuff like that. Yeah, in, yeah. There, there are people that they're like, uh, I don't know what the exact word is, but they're unconfrontational. They're afraid of confrontation. They just want everybody to just, you know, and it, it could have been his his wife doesn't like confrontation, so he has to do everything in his power to make sure that nobody freaks out on a plane with his, you know, family it, there it, because it, he'll get it from yeah. his wife if he don't, you know. Yeah, no, so I... I, I I really appreciate your you pointing this out, but I want to refine it by by substituting a better word for for confrontational adverse as as, as, as you point. Because there are a lot of people who are confrontation averse, but this isn't confrontation. This is this is like making a request. It's only a confrontation if they make it a confrontation, and they have because in their mind they're very fear based and they think, oh, you're you're trying to get me sick or you don't care about my health or or whatever it is that they're that they're taught by you know the authorities about covid mythology and uh it's it's worse than that people who are so mentally deficient that they can't talk to people directly when they have an issue with that person like that that and i know there are a lot of people who are just psychologically damaged and that's that's like okay well let's address that but let's admit that like you are you have a problem you are not mentally healthy if you're not, if, if you really think that, so, I mean, if, if someone is sitting next to you doing something that you think is, is bad for your health, and instead of like talking to them, like there's no reason to, like they're not being violent, they're not being out of control, they're not drunk, they're not, you know, and you're still sitting next to them, <laughs> like you're willing to sit next to them, but instead of talking to them directly like a, like a fellow human being, you know, you call a flight attendant or you call the police or whatever it is to, to change their behavior, uh, it, it's not just confrontation avoidance it 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 it, it, it it's a ref I, I don't know if there's a good term for it maybe that's the best we have jim fear but, <laughs> yeah yeah fear it's definitely fear-based obviously but it's but it's also uh 
you know, trauma and, and mental health issues that are driving this. Yeah. I, I just want to point out, like, there's, there's something deeper to that. And it's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely is. I, I only said confrontation because I feel like, like people are trained with uh, mainstream media and the ones that are brainwashed and the ones that are swallowing the mainstream information, they're trained to think that even asking, if someone doesn't have a mask and you, the thought pops into your mind to ask them to, to, to wear a mask, they're trained to think that that person's being confronted. You're confronting them about their mask. You're, you're probably going to give them a problem. If you're already not wearing it and I have to ask you to wear it, yeah. you're probably going to flip out on me and fucking not, do this what person has a medical conditions have, you know. Their mask slipped. Right. They're not going to assume the best. They're going to assume you're one of the people that they see on a Walmart viral video, you know and what I mean, that got yeah, asked to wear masks and then pop somebody, you know. I think we covered this a year ago. There was an article actually advocating for bullying directly, saying that you should yeah. bully people for not wearing masks. Remember, like, yeah. if that's your narrative, I'm sorry, you're fucked. You have no credibility. Your 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 answer is bully people. I mean, yeah. your your answer, like, you really, your they use the word bully. You know, your, your example is to harm and intimidate. Your goal is to harm and intimidate. And coerce because you're using the threat of force to back up what you're asking for. No, that's I'm sorry. Uh, they're mentally vaccine damaged. Uh, Pluto ohms or pilot ohms. That's nah. I, I would say that people who are gullible enough to take the vaccine are probably on average of a lower IQ than, yeah. than people who are smart enough to be skeptical of government. But I that's good. I think that's a joke. That's a joke. I won't, yeah. I, won't, I won't go any farther to scientifically deconstruct your joke. Good one. Uh, but we we do have uh, a, a, a we do have a COVID block. We got a great guest today who's running for governor of Illinois. Um, Scott will be with us in in just about twenty minutes. Let so me, Jim, let me run through these promos, and then we can get GI Mary Jane up here. Uh, T.me forward slash Adam versus Man has all the links that you're going to need to follow along with all the stories from today's COVID block. So get yourself connected to that. Uh, patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man has the different levels. You can support the show one, five, 10, or even $50 a month, $10 a month to get you access to the private producers club, which is where we share links with each other and decide what we're going to put on the show the next day or the next week or stuff like that. So if you want to be involved in that way, get a hold of us on patreon.com. A website we're promoting is homefrontbattlebuddies.com, a veterans nonprofit that holds retreats designed to uh, help uh, <clears throat> designed to Help veterans pursue alternative healing therapies. All of your donations to homefrontbattlebuddies.com are tax deductible, so definitely take advantage of that. Next, we move to Instagram, at the Garden of Freedom is the handle. If you like pictures and videos of everything going on up there in Gardenia, especially adorable little kittens, check them out at Instagram, at the Garden of Freedom is the handle you search for there. Uh, the crypto6.com brought it up every day because it's that important. The Bitcoin church that was raided up in Keene, New Hampshire. This is the website you can learn all about it. You can donate through the crypt, uh, donate cryptocurrencies through these QR codes to help them with legal funds. And you can write to Mr. Nobody who's still sitting in a cage from this link right here. That'll give you the address. The crypto6.com is where you find that. And lastly, our friends with gogreenenergyonline.com. They put a brand new, beautiful website picture up here. You can go to and find it. GoGreenEnergyOnline.com is the best for do-it-yourselfers looking to learn more and be able to implement solar power, micro wind power, learn about zero energy homes. Great website. Give it a visit. GoGreenEnergyOnline.com.
take it away, have a nice show, and all that stuff. Yeah, we're only a third of the way through it at this point. Let's get Joey up on screen here, our co-host, joining us from Colorado in their new ride. I hope that was fun getting comments up there. This is a great comment contest, isn't it? I like it. I like it. There's been a lot of good input, a lot of raunchy input that I've chosen <laughs> not to put up on the screen. <laughs> uh, but our guests are having fun with it, and so am I. So party on, man. Party on. All right. All right. Uh, so, you were, I, so Joey and I were together last in Vegas when I dropped her off at the airport to catch a flight to Denver on Friday to kick yeah. up her new band. Very excited to see that you're in it now. Finally, right? <laughs> and and I also, I got my ass kissed in the airport. I haven't traveled with Miko, who's a registered ESA, um, in a while because of her injuries and her age and just, you know, life in general. Um, but I forgot how incredible it is traveling through the airport with a service animal. Um, you know, we normally we normally uh, decline the the naked machines and they make you walk through the metal detector and they pat you down and they do your hands. When you have a dog, you just walk through the metal detector and they smile at you and they tell you your dog's cute and then you walk on. <laughs> I love and it. Without a mask and no question. I don't know if because wow. I had the dog, they thought that automatically there was some sort of, and then of course it's always nice when you get to the gate and you got priority boarding and all, but um, no mask the entire time at McCarran, walk wow. in to landing, and I, I I have to thank Nico for that. She's she's passed no. out the back right now. Um, <laughs> well, I, I want to say I think even the people at airports are getting sick of enforcing this shit. Even even most of the flight attendants are like, nah, I can assume that you have a medical problem and just not say anything. <laughs> great. Cool, I'll do that. Um, and your your story right now is a great example. Like, especially you're coming through the service animal, they go, well, uh, at least this person knows how to assert herself and work the system to her advantage. <laughs> like, there's they, that. They, they have some medical thing, so let's just not mess with them, right? Um, uh, yeah, you know, I, so I was wearing my free hugs t-shirt going through the airport and, and the bandana around my neck. And, uh, I got completely through the TSA checkpoint without putting the mask on. Wow. And completely through the airport. And the only point I put it on was to board the plane. Right. And the cool thing, I'm wearing my free hugs t-shirt and the airport, nobody gives free hugs. Like people are afraid, but I got some good looks and some thumbs up and I like your shirt. And even from the cop who was in the little stand, you know, overlooking the, uh, the TSA checkpoint. The As cop. <laughs> yeah, I was only have one. Um, and he, he goes, hey, nice shirt, man. I've more people had that attitude to be a better world. I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, you. I wasn't wearing my mask, and he didn't say anything, and he wasn't wearing a mask sitting back there. All the TSA people are totally masked up. And, you know, I get that. Honestly, if I was a TSA agent pre-pandemic, I might be inclined to wear a face shield just because, hey, I'm being hired by government to do something illegitimate that pisses people off. You know, I'm gonna wanna, one, I'm going to want to hide my face and I'm going to want to prevent angry people from yelling spittle at me. Yes. You know, like, that's <laughs> just, I can, under, I, can, I, can, I can understand that. But even this time, like, and you've flown with me before with this, where like, I, you know, I opt out, I go to get the pat down and then they'll say, oh, can you put your mask on for the pat down? <laughs> and like, that's it. This time, not even. Um, so, so this is uh, progress. We're getting better. Yeah. And it was, it was the same flight attendant 
wait, no, you you were on the was it? Yeah, back to Mississippi. We had the same flight attendant on the way to Mississippi. She didn't say anything. She was like, she was like, yeah, I get it. Whatever. I'm not gonna ask. No, I'm gonna assume you have a medical condition. Okay, cool. And she was the most pleasant person. Have you noticed that the flight attendants who turn into Karen bullies, they're not nice people. It's not like they're like super good customer service. They weren't nice. Yeah, it's not (laughs) a new thing, right? Karen uh, was just Karen. mad because she hasn't had hugs since February 2020. Maybe, yeah, and like I, I was wearing my free hugs T-shirt when this the, the, when Kenmore Karen came and approached me too. Um, but then it was great. I went to the grocery store with my mom right after we landed, and the the checkout the girl at the checkout counter was free hugs. What did you use to charge for them? <laughs> that's cute. I like that. That's clever. I don't know, but you know, uh, you probably make should. They're that good. Maybe not. They're good hugs. They're great hugs. <laughs> and she came around. She said, well, I'm wearing a mask, so this is okay. She comes around and gives me a big hug. And I said, ooh, ooh, I should have been paying you for that one. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's a great way to connect with people. If you don't have a free hugs t-shirt, I should be selling them, right? But, no, go get a free hugs t-shirt. I think right now, especially. Best time to wear it. Best time, Best to, wear time it. to wear it. I have right now this whole time the, the image of the, the picture of you going after the cop in your free hug shirt at the mask rally in Arizona when all this first started going down and the cop yeah. like kind of lurching back from you. But to be fair, you, you asked him to, 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 if it was okay yeah. first to take that picture. So it was at least fun. He was having fun with it too. Like, <laughs> I asked him if he would let me look like, make it look like I was, ch- I mean, he could have just started walking and make it look like I'm chasing you trying to give you a hug. But the way he posed was actually better where he's just like, <laughs> There's, it's and it's kind of like I don't want your hug, but I'm pretty sure this whole situation is fucked. Like pensive, questioning posture. Anyway, Joey, great job with the comments so far. Thank you for the super chats. Let's keep them coming, Joey. I, I want to keep you on screen if you want to comment uh, uh, b- between now and the interview when we do it. We're going to do our COVID block right now. I'm in, I've been traveling. I'm I'm doing. Uh, a detox week, so I don't have my COVID vitamins with me, but I got my regular vitamins. Right. Um, <laughs> so I, have, I have homegrown COVID vitamins. Colorado COVID vitamins. Colorado COVID vitamins. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't done a detox, uh, or I don't want to call it a detox because it's more like a retox because cannabis is detoxifying. But I'm taking a break from cannabis, and it's it's the first time. Like, normally, I do it every few months for at least a weekend or a week. And, and, and it's nice if, if only to recalibrate and reappreciate the cannabis, but now I'm like, this is, and I think about your situation with Crohn's disease where it's like, you don't get to fucking take a break. <laughs> like, no. And I kind of hate it. I would love to take a tea break and just get totally blazed again. It's not something that, that, that's happened to me since like. High yeah. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, there's dabs now, so that's cool, but. <laughs> Yeah, that my tolerance is so much that I don't even get high per se. I just I'll hit a brick wall and go to sleep with dabs or or edibles. I I it's my uh endocannabinoid system has a greater need than most. And it's you know, people like you're lucky you get to smoke weed all day. Like, no, that's that's it's not a luck thing at all, really. But thanks. Like (laughs) well, no, that you are not working a corporate mainstream job is a result of having made good life choices. (laughs) Um, but in, in my case, I'm afraid I'm like 
taking a break for fun so that when I come back to it, I get like, ah, and I get to feel it like it's fresh again. But that's not, now I'm like, I'm not sleeping as well, maybe. We're going like, to need it. Like, We're going to need it when you get home from what Ed reports. <laughs> oh, wow. Ah, three foot rattlesnake and gardenia. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. are you sure it was well, a rattler, Ed? He killed it. I'm pretty sure he's sure. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I killed a three foot rattler um, on my property. The only time I did is when it was actually threatening my dogs. Like it was, I had, I had, it was coiled. Like, I don't know if it was threatening my dogs or my dogs were threatening it to be fair, but they were threatening each other at the point where I got there with the shovel and chopped the snake's head off. Um, but with, um, with every other case since then i've been able to save the snakes and just move them out of harm's way because you know you're not going to eliminate rattlesnakes in the wild no Um, but you can you can keep them off your property and i and i i'm kind of surprised because well hey he's dead now so no problem Um, (laughs) yeah they're delicious really Um, but and the skin's useful too. It looks cool. I mean, we um, could make dog. We could make dog collars for the girls out of the ooh. rattlesnake. And remember, I say this as a, as a vegetarian for who's an ethical vegetarian. You know, uh, if you have to kill an animal for safety, no reason to let it go to waste, right? It's almost a double layer of disrespect if you do that. This is so, true. Uh, anyway, with that said, Joey, I don't know if you want to you want to stay on screen for ten minutes and and and. Uh, I, Man, we don't even have time to deconstruct all this new COVID propaganda. We don't. So let's just jump into it. Uh, Do the dogs need masks on the plane? No. No masks for the dogs and no masks for the dog. Humans, get yourself a service animal today. It's easy. It's easy. It's not easy. You have to get yourself a therapist first. So I mean, there's steps to these things. It's a, a multi step. I have seen, I have seen, because because I just was went shopping on on Chewy or wherever for the the, the little booties that Miko has to wear now right. that her paws aren't so great, and they have dog masks. That is a thing that is on the market. Um, you know, a muzzle. I thought they used to call them muzzles, but now they're COVID dog masks. So that's a thing. Oh, keeping the keeping the dogs healthy. Yeah. Ish. Um, all right, so let's get into the headlines here. We have some important sort of counter-propaganda pieces. First, ZeroHedge.com, great source of counter-propaganda. This is worrying me quite a bit. mRNA vaccine inventor shares viral thread showing COVID surge in most vaxxed countries. Dr. Robert Malone, a pioneer in the field of mRNA vaccines, shared a viral Twitter thread on Friday, which lays out a disturbing trend. The most vaccinated countries in the world are experiencing a surge in COVID-19 cases while the least vaccinated cases are not. And, you know, his, his comment on this was just, you know, if, if we keep denying this, it's going to start to get painful. Um, and this is the irrefutable proof. Again, it's, this is not, we're, we're not, we're not even, we're like, Hey, look at the evidence. Don't, don't tell me your government propaganda is science when you're denying like basic facts of reality here. So up next from the New York Times, and this this is so discrediting of the COVID mythology as if it needed any more discrediting. Surgeon General assails tech companies over misinformation on COVID-19. And it's like, it, it, 
if you're government or if you're the authorities and you're saying we're going to censor anything that disagrees with this or challenges this, well, then you are no longer the host of an honest conversation. You are shutting. You you can't refute people who are challenging your narrative. So you just censor them. Well, I don't want to be a part of your conversation anymore. I know that on the in the other conversation, there are also liars. There are also people who are wrong about things. But if the official government conversation is the official government line only, then it's only liars and dominated by liars in, in, in order to manipulate the rest of society. I, I don't want anything to do with that. So I know that there are a lot of people in, in, in the sort of anti-COVID mythology space online who are wrong about a lot of shit. And I think there are info. I mean, if you're government and you're trying to get people to to to, to cling to authority out of fear, then you're going to go into the the private conversations and you're going to infiltrate them with crazies. You're going to create controlled opposition, like Alex Jones with 9/11, right? The, the people, whoever, whatever your again, whatever your position on 9/11, the profiteers of 9/11 don't want someone who's smart and composed and articulate and credible, like Richard Gage to be the face of the 9-11 truth movement. They want Alex freaking Jones, you know, and that's why he's controlled opposition. And, and you can prove it by looking, well, his his career, his resume is enough. Um, I mean, is he controlled opposition now? Yeah, in a sense, because he's been created as this establishment uh, funded. He got his start on AM radio. Not, maybe not start, exact origin, but he got big with AM radio. The gatekeepers wanted him to have a platform. Leo, it doesn't need to be infiltrated with crazies. The crazies agree with you already. Um, yeah, but what I mean is that the, the, they're, they're infiltrating. Like if, if you think of those of us who are the, the community that wants to have an honest conversation about COVID and look at the facts and, and use science to understand it, they're going to infiltrate this group with people who are really out there. They're going to they're gonna put people in this group as plants who are going to say crazy shit like, all the vaccines have chips in them and microchips, and they're using this to control and track you, and they're going to kill everybody. And this is the this is them trying to reduce the population of the planet. And, you know, there are, there are actually some legitimate cases for eugenicism being a motivation with some of these, uh, you know, super class control freaks. Uh, but... When you say outlandish shit like that, it's obviously trying to discredit those of us who are trying to have a rational conversation about COVID. So then they use that as the excuse to say, oh, that's misinformation. We have to censor this whole conversation. Really? Really? And so this is stepping things up. And, you know, they've got Dr. Vivek Murthy, uh, you know, put put someone up who's, uh, you know, minority, funny sounding name to most Americans harder to attack and and if you attack him you can you can be accused of racism uh but no let's accuse him of what he's what he's doing he's being a sellout he's spreading lies for the sake of government for the sake of the authorities what's the purpose of government keep the rich getting richer at the expense of the rest of us dr vivek murthy issued an advisory declaring health misinformation an urgent threat and said tech and social media companies needed to fight it more aggressively this is the latest excuse for censorship when you censor the opposition, you reveal that your positions cannot stand up to scrutiny. It is an admission of defeat. 
President Biden's Surgeon General on Thursday used his first formal advisory to the U.S. to deliver a broadside against tech and social media companies, which he accused of not doing enough to stop the spread of dangerous health misinformation, especially about COVID-19. Yeah. Naturalnews.com. 17,503 dead, 1.7 million injured, 50% serious, reporting European Union's database of adverse drug reactions for COVID-19 shots. Now about VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System here in the United States, there have been a lot of stories I've seen, and I don't go and cover individual stories and try to make a point from individual stories, but there have been enough of them now that I got to point out that there are uh, that there's a trend of parents who have had kids uh, because it's it's really it's really sad that when we have a virus that basically doesn't affect young people, that uh, they're still pushing the experimental vaccine on them. Experimental. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's experimental or not. It's it's dangerous and shouldn't be forced on people or pushed on people like this. And uh, but dangerous. It's about as dangerous as the virus itself. Uh, could be more though. I mean, in a, in a, if if medically. The vaccine is as dangerous as the virus, and it looks like they're about in the same ballpark given the deaths reported in VAERS and the underreporting that we're seeing and places like Europe where we see better reporting of these things, better recording of these statistics. Uh, sorry. Uh, back to the story here. 17,503 dead. In the United States, they're saying 6,000. Uh, oh, sorry. Back, back the, the individual stories. The stories are, are are a lot where the parents are saying that they wanted their child's myocarditis reported as a vaccine adverse event, and the doctors had no idea what to do about that or didn't know anything about it. They know how to report COVID cases, diagnose, check, give me some more federal funds, but vaccine injuries, there is no incentive to report those uh, in the same way that there is an incentive to report COVID cases. The European Union database of suspected drug reaction reports is UDRA Vigilance, which also tracks reports of injuries and deaths following experimental COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, a health impact new subscriber from Europe reminds us that this database maintained that UDRA Vigilance is only for countries in Europe who are part of the EU, which comprises 27. The total number of countries in Europe is much higher, almost twice as many, numbering around 50. Uh, there's some differences of opinions as to which countries are technically part of Europe. So as high as these numbers are, they do not reflect all of Europe. The actual number in Europe uh, who are reported dead or injured due to COVID-19 shots will be much higher than what we are reporting here. The UDRA Vigilance Database reports that through July 3rd, there are 17,503 deaths and 1,687,527 injuries reported following injections of four experimental COVID-19 shots. The Moderna, the Pfizer-BioNTech, the AstraZeneca, and the Janssen shots. From the total injuries recorded, half of them are serious injuries. Seriousness provides information on the suspected undesirable effect. It can be classified as serious if it corresponds to a medical occurrence that results in death, is life-threatening, requires inpatient hospitalization, results <coughs> in another uh, medically important condition or prolongation of existing hospitalization, results in persistent or significant disability or incapacity, or is a congenital anomaly slash birth defect. Uh, as we reported yesterday, tens of thousands of people in the U.S. now regret getting the COVID-19 shots and are begging trial because the medical system has turned its back on them and refuses to treat their injuries. So we got a lot more uh, COVID stuff, but our guest is backstage. 
So the big, so th- that's our sort of uh, good counter propaganda on COVID to start the show. When we come back from our interview, we're going to talk, or we're going to go to Forbes for this headline. Do you hold your life so cheaply that you'd rather die than accept science? How dare you not accept science? This is our religion. Our real religion is statism. But one of its faces is statist science. Yeah, so we're going to get to that. And, uh, you know, we have we have a, a, a roundup of headlines here. We've got some other fun stuff. Uh, we got a few more uh, COVID mythology uh, resistance stories, and that's cool. Um, but this 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 Forbes article is so counter logical. I, I mean, I want to call out the author, uh, Ethan Siegel, senior contributor to Forbes, um, state propagandist extraordinaire. We'll come back to that and more to deconstruct the mythology. But first, our guest today is Scott Schluter, governor candidate. He's an Iraq war vet, father living in Marion, Illinois, not father of an Iraq war veteran, excuse me, Iraq war veteran and father. He attended Southeastern Illinois College where he graduated with two degrees in diesel technology, lifelong resident of Southern Illinois, where he works as a diesel mechanic. Uh, Currently the chair of the Southern Illinois Libertarian Party and junior vice commander. Military titles, like the fetishism continues well outside of the military, doesn't it? Junior vice, sorry, what? I said absolutely it does. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Titles, titles, formalities, formalities. Uh, Junior vice commander of the Veterans of Foreign Wars post-1301. Scott is a staunch believer in the principles of the U.S. Constitution. We're going to get into that uh, and wants to bring those principles back to Illinois government. Uh, Scott, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks a lot for having me on. So why are you doing this? Why, Why are you running for governor? Because Illinois sucks, man. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Oh, you can't get elected saying that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, people in Illinois know that Illinois sucks. They're like, we'll vote for this guy. He's, he's the only one telling the truth. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about the urban-rural divide, too, unless you want to jump into that. Man, whatever you want to talk about. But, yeah, I mean, our, our out-migration is, is some of the worst in the country. People are just fleeing the state in droves. So, I mean, we know. <laughs> we, we know how bad it is. All right, but why are you the guy to do anything about this, Scott? Uh, you know, I've lived here my whole life. I've been working with the, the LP Illinois for the better part of a decade now, run for office a couple times. Uh, and I, I just felt like this this is the best way to try to, to try to move forward and to try to start the path of recovery for, you know, an, an otherwise dying state. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Chair of the Southern Illinois Libertarian Party. I think most libertarians in the rest of the country go, wait, there's so, like what's why do you need a Southern Illinois and a Northern Illinois Libertarian Party? Uh that's that's just our local affiliate chapter. Oh, okay. I, see. I thought it was in reference to the bigger the bigger because the urban rural split between Chicago and the rest of the state of Illinois, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the most stark in the entire country. Oh yeah, it's it's completely I mean, two two separate worlds for sure. Well, I mean, tell us about that. How is that relevant? You're running for governor because the government drew a line around this geographical area and included the city of Chicago and then this whole other rural area that is completely different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, you know, you have a high-powered businessman and, and, and 
billionaires in Chicago basically running the rest of the state of, of a bunch of people who don't even remotely identify or live the same lifestyle as, as people in the city. And uh, while obviously the people in the city need to be represented as well, I mean, you know, people people from Southern Illinois definitely do not feel represented and, and that needs to change. Mm. Well, so what, I mean, you're, you're running to represent these two disparate populations, demographic groups. Give us your platform. I mean, take take your time. Like, get into this, man. What is it that you really think you can do as governor, or that you're proposing to do as governor for the people of Illinois? Um, well, you know, we have a really, really bad pension crisis, uh, state pension crisis. Uh, we need to fix that. Um, I've got a, a pretty good plan that I put together with the help of a lot of people. Um, our economy is just absolute hot garbage. Our taxation system is hot garbage. Uh, you know, we, we are one of we are the highest effective tax rate in the entire nation. Um, our, our spending is just completely out of hand. We have some horrible gun laws that need changed. Um, we need criminal justice reform. I mean, I, the, the 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 list is endless. Uh, there's a lot of work to do for sure. Well, I I, I suppose given the political history of Illinois going, Hey, I, I, I'm not one of those fuckers. Like, <laughs> should be enough, right? Like, I, I mean, is it, is it I, can you say Democrats and Republicans or is, is it all Democrats in, in Chicago, Illinois politics have, have run the state into the ground? Is that, uh, it's, it's been pretty solidly both, uh, Democrats have had control for a while, but in Chicago, you, in Chicago, yes. Right. Then the rest of the state is uh, yeah, well, right? a lot of the lower half of the state or a lot of the more rural areas uh, tend to lean more conservative. But even when we've had Republican governors, uh, they've, they've done nothing to, to stem the tide. They've, they've continued to increase taxes and increase spending. So it's not like they're even doing you know what they purport to be about. Mm, yeah. So what uh, what's. I mean, how long have you been running? Tell us about the nature of the campaign, what you're doing to connect with people, and, and what's the reception been? Uh, well, you know, Ian Peake, I know you had him on the other day, uh, mm -hmm. Rick Chuck. Uh, he, uh, when he ran for state rep in 2020, I uh, was uh, helped to manage his campaign. And pretty much after that election, and then he and I kind of started talking about this. Uh, we actually... We're on a podcast with Vermin Supreme, and we actually uh, officially announced it on election night. And then we kind of scaled that back and thought about it for a while. And then uh, about halfway through January, we started building a team. Um, in February, we started having weekly meetings, and we've just kind of been going from there. So what's, what, what are you doing, though? What's, uh, what, give us the nuts and bolts. What's the experience of this campaign like for you? And, and when you talk to people in, in Illinois... Um, are they, I mean, it's, it's a weird time when you get, you, if you knock on doors, they're going to think you're pushing a vaccine on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? We, we haven't, uh, done a full knock on the door. You know, I'm still, we're still pre nomination. We have the, uh, our state convention in October. Um, so right now, you know, we're kind of focusing on making sure we win that. Um, but I'm the only announced libertarian candidate right now. So. Uh, but we're we're just utilizing a lot of data, man. We're we're going, uh, we're purchasing L two data. We're crunching the numbers and 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 
going to have an army of libertarians going door to door, handing out literature, you know, being in parades, all that, all that fun stuff that everybody always does. Um, you know, and, and just kind of the way we have this campaign set up as far as just, just functionally, you know, I've just got a lot of really, really awesome people that know way more about this than I do that are, uh, that are making me look good. <laughs> nice. Nice. I mean, that's the best, that's the most important part about being a leader in activism or in politics, even when it's counter-political activism, as I would call libertarian activism, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Politics is is the the conversation of deciding who to point the guns of government at, right? And libertarians <laughs> are the ones saying, stop pointing guns at people! Stop the coercion! <laughs> um, but, you know, to, to those of you who aren't familiar, perhaps, with a libertarian gubernatorial primary process, most state parties you know, are, are, are sort of our are, are teams of volunteers. And you have people like Scott who are active with the party who, who will say, hey, we need someone to run for governor. I'm eligible. Is there anybody else who really wants this? If not, I'm going to put in the effort and I'm going to build a campaign and I'm going to come into the convention saying, hey, guys, I've got a team behind me. I'm ready to do this. Can you reaffirm this and make me your nominee? And it's usually not competitive. Right. It, it, and I assume, Scott, you know, if, if, if you had someone who came in with uh, 10 million dollars and said, I want to spend all my money on the LP running for governor of Illinois, you'd be like, cool, I'll run for lieutenant governor. Um, we have a very legitimate. We come we come together as a team. We go, who's the best guy for the job to to to, to represent the party in this election, in this particular race? Yeah. And. So Scott is doing the work and setting himself up. So let me ask the question then, as a, as a, as a member of the uh, Illinois Libertarian Party would, am I a member of the, I, I bought a lot of lifetime state memberships. You don't have a state membership lifetime thing, do you? If you had a pin, I would uh, buy one. This is an excuse to give me money. Send that up to your XCOM. Um, <laughs> uh, but the uh as as a member of the illinois libertarian party i would i would be looking at you saying all right well what are what, what do you bring to the table as a candidate why should we give you this endorsement sure and and i think just uh i mean my background with the party speaks for itself as, as far as uh with with libertarians in illinois um but just the fact that we're a year and a half out from, from the election and i'm already uh making phone calls i'm already you know purchasing data and and doing all of the things i've got a great campaign plan uh i mean once again just the, the the team i've built really speaks for itself as the people that have kind of come to come to help me and come to my corner is just incredible you know uh aaron adams caitlin cloven yes um, brian lambrick is helping you know just a, a lot of people that that i have tremendous respect for um are kind of helping out and you know we're we're going to be really doing a lot of canvassing text making um we're gonna try to have a lot mm -hmm. of public events uh you know we're we're running this like the way that people who actually win campaigns run things um i'm not that terribly worried about uh specific numbers voting percentage because i think it's going to be a byproduct of the professional way that we're running the campaign well obviously your goal is to win and running for governor in Illinois is, is, is asking the state to give up a significant amount of power. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and I think it, compared to perhaps most libertarian races for governor, running for governor of Illinois is a really good opportunity. Because while the goal is to win, 
we understand that a lot of these election cycles are working our way up to winning because it requires establishing a base. It requires, you know, uh, winning over converts, uh, educating people about the nature of government, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's a longer term project. (coughs) Excuse me. Of course, we should always be taking a shot at a libertarian moment and you could win. Um, and, and, I, and I would be absolutely uh, ecstatic to see you in, in the gov. Is it, it a mansion? They have a governor's mansion? Yeah. So I think it would be like think, a skyscraper. I think there's a couple of them. <laughs> anyway, um, I, w- I mean, I would love to see you in that seat. But do you have any subsidiary goals with your campaign? Um, other, other than numbers, like one of the, our, our biggest goals is, yeah, making new libertarians, educating people um, with our – the way we're running this campaign and, and the success that we are boundless or are going to have um, bringing new people into the party and, and just showing them yes. what actual libertarian principles are, not Republican or Democrat light, uh, just, just pure principled liberty. Um, other than that, yeah, our subsidiary goal is 10% of the vote, which is lofty. You know, I think uh, Cash Jackson got us our highest percentage for governor. Mm. I believe that was, right around 4%, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, I, I want to more than double that. You know, I want there to yep. be no doubt that the Libertarian Party of Illinois is here and we are for real. Oh, I love it. And I, and I, and, and I, I want anybody uh, from the Libertarian Party of Illinois who might be watching, uh, anybody else who's, if you're in a state, if you're, if you're, if you're an American and you live in a state, <laughs> uh, and, <clears throat> where you don't have a libertarian party candidate as as well organized as scott i hope that you take this as motivation and say we need at this point to be looking ahead we need to be making sure that we're running someone and if if that's not the case if you already have someone like scott who's running for governor in your state as a libertarian get on board with their campaign if you can if you can support them if you can see because i'm excited that scott has seen this not as it's not an independent ego run it's not i'm gonna do this thing it's it sounds like this is a long-term effort, not just the campaign itself, but with a longer-term vision for the party and the movement in mind. And he's using it to build the state party, recruit members. And and, and I think, you, I, I mean, I hope and I, I expect you're going to see this incorporated into the way that the campaign is run. Like when you're doing those door knockings, when you have positive reception, you're not just going to give someone a palm card and say, well, hope to see you at the polls. You're going to give them an LP.org. Uh, card or something with a membership form, something to get them involved with the state party. Uh, Lowe's asks, when is the Illinois gubernatorial election? Uh, November 2022, November 8th. Okay, yeah. So it's not an odd year. It's a normal election cycle, which which, which I assumed. Thank you, Lowe's, for, for making sure we we clarified that. Um, because I think that uh, someone else trying to sneak on our screen from backstage? Interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I think that just bolsters my point about the organization and forethought that Scott is putting into this, which which I very much value. Now, Scott, uh, as a fellow Iraq War veteran, um, how the hell did you fall for that one? <laughs> young and dumb, man. I was young and dumb. That's that's about the only excuse I can throw out there. Uh, I was, I believe, nineteen. Um, you know, conservative family, conservative area, and I was all you know, gung ho. Let's let's go save the world and spread freedom one bomb at a time. Well, give us give us the story of your service. You know, what what year did you enlist? Uh, when did you deploy? MOS. You know, when did you get out? All that stuff. 
Relationship uh, to the timing with 9-11, perhaps? It's, uh, it's an important no. part of my story that I enlisted before 9-11. Yeah. Right. Yeah, my, mine was, was partially due to that. Uh, it was 2006. Um, the end of 2006 when I joined, uh, was in the Air Force. I went straight out of boot camp to um, Okinawa, uh, which was an awesome place. Love love that place. But, yeah, I was in Okinawa, Japan, and from there I went to Iraq for half a year. Uh, and I was I was an ammo troop. I built bombs, you know, um, dealt with explosives, grenades, dynamite, anything that, that makes a pop or a boom, I pretty much had my hands in. Um, and uh, from there I was in South Dakota for four years. Uh, that was pretty cool. And deployed again, that was – just a little little baby cake deployment to Cutter, uh, <laughs> and then I uh, got out right at the end of 2012, and I've been pretty much active in the Libertarian Party since then. Mm. So, is it fair to say that you were a party to a war crime and helped create weapons that killed innocent people? That's probably fair. Um, that, that that probably. There's probably some merit to that statement, yeah. How has that affected you? That's given me a lot of fire and passion to, to do what I've been doing. You know, that that's the reason I joined the LP, uh, um, which Ron Paul had a big part of that. And, uh, you know, also as far, Army veteran. Yep, as far as the, uh, you know, the transition period, um, my uncle has is, is, uh, been a diehard flaming libertarian for years. Uh, in Mississippi, and uh, just kind of went. It was all downhill from there. <laughs> was there something about escaping the matrix of bullshit and lies and militarism uh, when when you got out? Uh, even before that, really, uh, my last couple of years in, I, I kind of saw everything that was going on, and I, I had pretty well decided that you know I wasn't going to reenlist. Um, and actually, my last deployment. Yeah, my last appointment, I remember uh, being on gate duty, standing there guarding the gate, and my Uncle Danny sent me an email with an audiobook of The Law by Bossier. So I'm sitting there on the gate with my M16 uh, listening to the Bossier on my uh, headphones. <laughs> now, so. every, every libertarian loves to pronounce Bastiat a little bit differently. Um, I like that one because it's easier to spell. And sounds like it to dumb Americans. I don't know what the correct French pronunciation is. And I don't care about those cheese-eating surrender monkeys anyway. Um, or they're still made-up language. Just kidding. I'm obviously <laughs> making fun of nationalism, not participating. Uh, yeah. But Bastiat, uh, according to Wikipedia, and, and I've read the law. I'm just trying to give myself some shorthand here. Posits a theoretical uh, – oh, no, I'm sorry. That's something something else. Uh, what Bastiat in, in the law – uh, it, it explains is that the law is, I'm, I'm like, where's the best I'm, I'm Googling Bastiat quote memes because I want to, I'm going to, we're going to, this is a great transition, Scott. Well, law I'm, is justice. What's your favorite Bastiat quote? Uh, law is justice. I, I, I love that. Or, or a, you know, his whole point is that law should be justice. It, it should not be a law unless right. it's just, um, All right. it's simple and it's beautiful. All right. He also said, and this is this is a little more getting to the heart of things. The state is the great 
fiction through which everyone endeavors to live at the expense of everyone else. Very poignant yes. for Illinois. He also said when law and morality contradict each other, the citizen has the cruel alternative of either losing his moral sense or losing his respect for the law. Uh, now, this is, uh, it was written, when, when, when was, let's see, when was, uh, 18th century, I believe. Okay. Let me see. You got, I want our readers should know Bastiat's The Law. It is one of the greatest philosophical examinations of the nature of government and, and yeah, power oh, yeah. and authority. Yes, he was born 1801. Uh, died 1850, so writing in that era. Okay. And, and I believe that a lot of what he was exposing was, was critical of the United States government at the time. And you seem, I mean, the, the law is, is basically critical of the law as we know it. It is sure. saying that it's, it's a fiction, a fiction for abuse and exploitation. And yet, Scott, you are sitting in front of government documents there yeah, yeah um we the people that's that's the constitution not the declaration right right that's the law but that's not just the law that's 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 illegal law right there uh and and i know that coming out of the military the libertarianism is having the wool pulled from your eyes is is starting to see the world as it really is but I, 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 would, I would challenge you on this idea of the Constitution. I want to get to your constitutional principles, because I believe that what most people say is, is, is libertarians, which are righteous constitutional principles, are very important, but ignorant of history in a dangerous way that reinforces mm -hmm. the law. Uh, are, are you familiar with the coup of 1789 and the actual lawful Constitution of the United States as the Articles of Confederation? Uh, briefly, I don't, I haven't delved in, you know, I haven't done any deep dive in there. It's, it, it, I think it's a very important part of American history because, you know, George Washington was our ninth president. John Hansen was the first under the Articles of Confederation. Right. And it was an illegal coup. So, like, I mean, you're a libertarian. I mean, are, would you describe yourself as, as an ethicist libertarian, like a voluntarist, non-aggression principle type libertarian? Yeah, for okay. sure. So then you, you understand that by praising the Constitution, you're praising a document that reinforced slavery originally, authorizes a central bank, a standing army, taxation, the intellectual property racket, and an authority that was implanted illegitimately as they were, uh, they, they strong-armed the states under the Articles of Confederation into joining this new union to create a central bank and a standing army and all the ripoff of the authority of the government. I, I believe that when you say constitutional principles, that's not what you're talking about, is it? I'm talking about the ideas of, of all men are created equal. I'm talking about the ideas of, uh, you know, individual liberty that most of our founding fathers, you know, Sands, Alexander Hamilton, and, and several others, uh, what they preached. You know, Thomas Jefferson, although he was a, a slave owner and, and you know. The quick, quick distinction here I would make that might be helpful in understanding this is there were the founders who said, screw you to King George, we're going to be independent and we'll fight for it if we have to. And then there were the framers, the framers of the Constitution, yeah. Yeah. who were who were actually conducting a coup, an illegal coup against the legitimate government. Moose girl, hold on, get that moose girl comment 
back up there. The Constitution got desecrated by the Patriot Act and the NDAA. No, it did not. It got reinforced by those things. The Constitution in and of itself represents an illegitimate authority. Taking on more illegitimate powers only made it stronger and more effective. Furious TV, 1789 was a Frankist Sabbatian coup, actually. Frankist Sabbatian. I might have to look up those terms. Yeah. DM me on Twitter. I want to learn more. I want to know these terms, but not right now. Back to Scott. So, Scott, um, I, I would, I, I hope you take this uh, as as an invitation to to consider the truth of the history and sure. that the contradictory language you might be using by saying "go Constitution, go freedom" because those are contradictions. Well, see, go I, power I, and authority and a legitimate government, and also go freedom. <laughs> No, I specifically and intentionally did not say strictly adhere to the principles of the, or to the constitutions, the principles that formed it, uh, and, yeah. and that is that is the thought of the role of government being to protect our rights, and that being the only legitimate goal. That was the original idea, but that's and historically inaccurate. That that that's was the original not, idea of, no. of several people. Uh, no, several not the constitution. In the Declaration, right, for the founders. Now, there were some people among the framers who used the Bill of Rights as the excuse to create a central bank, a standing yeah. army, and a new strong oh, central yeah, authority. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would just, I, I would I consider you to, or I, I would ask you to please learn the history, but also to consider, because you already know, you already know that what I'm getting at is a deeper, more important truth especially for the people of Illinois, not just around the world yeah. in general, but when you have lived under such a corrupt government as Illinois or Chicago city, city government, you don't have any faith left in the documents behind these, these institutions. It almost doesn't matter. Like, oh, you, are you going to worship a document? You're going to, you're going to praise this document. We don't care. We want to know your character. We want to know your principles. And I, I would I would suggest that maybe for the people of Illinois, as a libertarian candidate for governor, leading with principles and love and compassion is going to be more effective than an appeal to a document. Sure, sure, completely. Um, and that's the idea. I mean, that, that's what I'm preaching when I'm talking to people is that our ideas, our, our goals is the best way to give the best quality of life to the the biggest number of people because we give yes. them the freedom or not give them we reinforce their innate liberty uh to live their life as they see fit you know yes as you know don't yes. hurt people don't take their stuff that's it yes and and nowhere like illinois do you have the poignant opportunity to connect mm -hmm. this to the pragmatic message of or pragmatic benefits of libertarianism i think that is absolutely critical because one of the things we forget as libertarians is that most people don't think like us. They don't look to first principles. They don't look to ethics first. They don't look to scientific explanations and understandings of systems. They look sure. to what feeds my family now. What's going to keep them fed tomorrow, right? Healthy disrespect yeah. writes, do you know who you'll be running against? And if there's an equally respectable beard on the ballot? The incumbent, Jamie Pritzker, he'll be running with the Democratic Party. Uh, assumingly, I've heard rumors that he's considering not running. Uh, rumors that it's kind of affected his family and stuff like that. But we'll see. As, as far as I know, for now, he's running again. 
Um, the Republicans have not had their primary yet, but nobody I've seen on it even has a beard. I'm not sure if they can even grow one. <laughs> All right. Last question. Here's the big one. Take your time. I mean, if you had if you had three minutes, I'm not going to hold you to that, but roughly three minutes for the sake of Adam versus the man. <laughs> uh, what, what's your message? Assuming you get the nomination, what is your message to the voters and the people of Illinois? You know, we, we've been fighting an uphill battle for decades against bad policy, against bad politicians. You know, we're overtaxed, over, overregulated, underrepresented. Um, you know, our elected officials, our leaders have completely forgotten who they work for and what their job is. You know, as, as an elected official, their duty is to preserve our individual li li liberties. And the only legislation they should make is towards that goal. Uh, you know, instead, we've been sold out for money, power, corruption, greed. And, you know, with, with the, the COVID pandemic, it's only been exacerbated. I mean, our, our governor has been uh, one of the worst. We've had, you know, a lot of mandatory lockdowns and very dishonest uh, messaging to the people. And, you know, we, we've, we've shut down businesses that will never be able to open again. Um, and that, that needs to change. You know, we, we've got to address that. We've, we've got to make sure that this can never happen again. Uh, this just complete encroachment of our, our freedom and individual liberty, you know, as far as the, the broader, you know, spectrum of, of what we need to do. We've got to lower taxes. We've got to reduce spending, deregulate the economy. Um, we've got to reform occupational licensing to, to the point where, you know, uh, yeah, during a pandemic, you know, nurses uh, licenses were, were suspended. You know, they, they didn't right. have their the requirement to renew them was suspended. Mm. Uh, so if we can do that during a pandemic, how come ah, a nurse that has yes. been doing a job for five years has to keep paying to get that license updated? They know how to do the job. None of the information has changed. And if it is, they have on the job training for that. You know, we've got to end the drug war. Uh, I want to, I you know, legalize everything um, and, and reform criminal justice. Uh, we've got to end cash bail fix our pension. I mean, like, like I said earlier, there, there's a list that I can go on for hours. You know, I deserve better. Uh, we all deserve better and we've got to, we've got to just do it. Excellent. Excellent. Scott, thank you so much for joining us this morning. The website is scottschluter.com. More or less how it sounds, Scott with two T's, S-C-H-L-U-T-E-R. Scott, again, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you get some good support and uh, volunteers out of this interview and that the people of Illinois get to see you on the ballot shortly and have a real alternative to, I, I don't even know how to sum up everything that Illinois has experienced politically. It's, it is, it is a freak of American political corruption. Hey, Illinois, where our governors make our license plates. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Scott. <laughs> All right. Let's get Joey back up. <laughs> Let's get Joey back up on screen here. Uh, Carrie asked, they made Americans slaves of the elite in a private meeting. Yeah, that's that's uh, that that was the Constitutional Convention for you. Uh, Joey, on the ball here in the Telegram chat, Frankism. <laughs> you want to read this one? Uh, I didn't even know either. This feels rabbit holy. Frankism was a hysterical Sabbatian Jewish heretical, Jewish, heretical, heretical. Yeah. Sabbatian Jewish religious movement of the 18th and 19th centuries, centered on the leadership of the Jewish Messiah climate. Cl 
Cli claimant. Claimant, claimant, Jacob Frank. I don't have the right glasses on here. I need a Zoom. Oh, okay. Uh, Jacob Frank, who lives from who lives, 17... yeah, so someone claiming to be the new Jewish Messiah, yeah. who lived from 1726 to 1791. Frank rejected religious norms and said his followers were ob obligated to transgress as many moral boundaries as possible. Yeah, that sounds really rabbit holy. Like, oh, yeah. hmm. I, I do want to learn about this. So, to the, to whoever was it today, there was something else in that. Furious topic. TV. Furious TV. Yeah, if if you want to uh, send me what I need to know to understand your comment, maybe a Twitter DM at Adam Kokesh, I would appreciate it. With that, Joey, I don't know if you want to hang around, but let's I want you to stay on screen just for the rest of the show here, and we'll get into this Forbes article. As this, long as this my battery will allow. I'm at 33%. You'll be fine. We got we 30 minutes. Let's do this. We can do it. Uh, you paid a lot of money for that phone. Uh, <laughs> so Forbes. Do you hold your life so cheaply that you'd rather die than accept science? From Ethan Siegel, senior contributor, starts with a bang, contributor group under science. This isn't this isn't science. This is government propaganda. And this is such twisted logic, uh, such such a knot of tangled lies and misrepresentations. I don't know if I can do it all. I don't know if we're going to get through the story, but we're, well, let's try. Um, do our best. Do our best. The, the article starts with, quote, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? Many of us as children would hear this refrain whenever we made a decision that our parents knew was foolish. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, I, I, I heard that a lot too. Uh, my mom, hey, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? No, of course not. Well, right now, I, a lot that's of situational. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but like, what, what's the bridge here? Is the bridge like being health? Jump is jumping off a bridge. In this is in this analogy, let's see. Is it staying at home and uh, being hygienic or being healthy and getting out and having positive, healthy relationships and going to the gym and eating right and taking your vitamins, or is jumping off the bridge getting an experimental vaccine with misunderstood side effects? Depends on That's who you ask, put, right? You know, and and you know, I want to. I hate to like quote myself on Twitter. But I'm never going to say this better than I worded it. Do it. Uh, for, for my pinned tweet that I have up right now. And if uh, my Verizon hotspot was worth a darn, uh, it would it would be pulled up by now. Um, loading. We got loading, this. We got this. Loading. We'll have Starlink in a few weeks. Just think about it. Yeah, right. All right. Jim Freedom. Our producer has to weigh in here. If all my friends are jumping off a bridge with safety gear, yes, I'm joining them. So that's what I meant by situational, right? If there's a fun like 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 lake yeah. underneath, I might jump. That looks fun. It depends. It depends. But that's exactly what you're talking about. What are we talking about? Getting healthy and jumping or yeah. following the crowd and jumping? So you can be pro-vaccine, as I am. And still be against widespread adoption of experimental vaccines that are being pushed with lies by historically corrupt pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies who refuse to take liability for side effects. That sounds like jumping off a bridge. That sounds like the mass hysteria that we're experiencing. So when I read this article right away, I'm like, wait a second, you're you're doing logic wrong. You're you're doing it. In fact, you're doing it backwards. And why are you doing it this way? Because you're you're trying to promote this propaganda line of, of bullshit. And 
anyway, uh, your parents knew that the reasons these were fashionable, compelling decisions you thought you were making, like going out with holes or rips deliberately put into your clothes or your jeans below your buttocks instead of above them, uh, were, were merely the product of social pressure. Oh, oh, let's examine social pressure. They're knocking on your freaking doors to bully you into taking a vaccine. Someday, kids, people are going to knock on your doors and try to get you to do drugs. That's what they told us in DARE. That's not (laughs) bullying. That's just pressure and intimidation, right? That's not crossed the line into bullying yet. But when it's government, yeah, it's crossing a line, right? Carry it because it's backed up by force. And they're paying for it with money that they took from you. Carrie Espinosa, I won't be a test dummy. Yeah, think for yourself. Don't give in to the social pressure, right? Everyone else, or at least everyone else whose opinion opinions matter to you is doing it in the concerns that you wouldn't just cave to these benign pressures, but to ones that would arise later with far more serious consequences, potentially even dangerous or life-threatening ones. Wow. We are now midway through 2021, about a year and a half into the most deadly pandemic of our lifetimes. And I, I, I mean... The I, most deadly... It, I, I mean, you could dispute that a number of ways. I, I don't really care to. I mean, you can look at the numbers and say, well, we know that most of the, the numbers that the CDC is claiming are false reports. We know that there are a lot of false positives in the tests. We know that there are a lot of... It, they're reporting well, people who die with COVID, not from yes, COVID, you know, too. A lot of the deaths are being misattributed uh, uh, attributed in that fashion. And considering that there have been much worse pandemics in recent history. It's hard to say, right? Worst pandemic in our lifetime. Maybe it still qualifies as that by, by some specific medical definitions, but if by you the medical de- or by the response, like what are they gauging that by? If it's by sure. the response. Yeah. But if you want to talk about plagues of humanity, the real pandemic is the pandemic of Karen's. Because those people, by reinforcing authority, are responsible for war. They're responsible for the police state. They're responsible for the surveillance state. They're responsible for the drug war. They're responsible for big pharma. They're responsible for corporatism. How many people die from those things compared to Corona down here on the scale? They're responsible for the FDA. They're responsible for the FDA's manipulation of the prescription drug process, which Mary Ruert, medical researcher, has proven been responsible by itself for tens of millions of deaths and shorting the average American lifespan by over a decade over the last few decades. How the hell? Yeah. And it's all right there in black and white. It's. It is fucking selfish to be a Karen and say, this is the worst pandemic. This is the biggest problem facing humanity. And, oh, all you other people suffering over there, all the babies born in Fallujah after we were there with depleted uranium and white phosphorus rounds born with horrific birth defects, died after being born because they were too fucked up from that pollution, that toxic waste to survive. Oh, screw them. Put your fucking mask on. This is the curse of being intelligent. This is the curse of having perspective on history and human suffering and being compassionate. Is that when you hear these Karens going, put your mask on, you hear, fuck the babies. 
and it's it's not that I'm not literally like hearing, <laughs> but it's like yes, I, I I but I understand. But you see the whole picture of it all, and and you try to explain it to people, and then you're a crazy extremist. That's that's what it turns it to some people. To the right people, you uh you make them realize that wow, this 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 bigger scope of what's going on is real, and maybe I should maybe I should step back and focus on that a little bit more. Well, maybe if Ken Moore's Corona Karen hears this. You'll realize that even taking this perspective, I mean, it's the same lack of love. It's the same trauma. It's the same fear that leads someone to be a bully, that leads them to deny other people's problems, that prevents them from being empathetic to others. And right now, I mean, more than ever, the world needs a big dose of empathy. So. Oh, do they ever. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I want, I don't know if I want to keep doing this, Joey. I don't know if I want to keep doing this story. Because it's just it's it's more shit that's just gonna make me angry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an angry person, but um, it's just, I don't want it's not gonna make me angry. It's 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 more nonsense that's based on this misplaced concern. Like you're 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 staring at your hangnail and you want me to help you with it while I'm con while I'm performing life saving surgery on someone who's dying. Like, fuck you. No, fuck you. Really, fuck Good you. analogy. Because you're and, and 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 you're doing this. If you're a sucker, out of fear, insecurity, and ego. But if you're doing this because you're one of the engineers of the policy, fuck you twice. Because you're doing it to take advantage of people. You are knowingly spreading misinformation. And. Everything about, even if you believe all of the COVID mythology, you have to be in denial of the rest of reality to buy the conclusions that government wants you to buy in order to be more compliant. So I, I don't know. You know what? Fuck, fuck the rest of this story. This, I, I, Ethan Siegel, I'll you know, second really, that. fuck you three times because what you're doing is getting into people's heads in a dangerous way. And I don't know what kind of propagandist you are. I don't know who your master is at Forbes.com that you're serving, but it's not the people. Again, what is the purpose of government? As we know it today, not what they say the purpose is, but based on its actions, the purpose of government is to make the rich richer at the expense of the rest of us. And they're doing a great job. And people like this are helping. So to Israel, uh, Garda.com, Garda World, Israel authorities postpone the entry of vaccinated individuals until at least August 1, update 107. Israel delays the entry of vaccinated individual tourists until at least August 1 due to concerns regarding the spread of COVID-19 variants. So even governments, I mean, the, the narrative just, it, it, I, I don't want to say the narrative falls apart because it never came together for people who see the truth. But they, the Israeli government that is pushing vaccines doesn't have enough confidence in the vaccines. Say, oh, well, we can open it up to tourists who have been vaccinated or visitors. Nicholas Canada on YouTube says, you acknowledge COVID as a mythology, but you don't acknowledge it doesn't exist. What the fuck? No, I, mean, I, I think it exists. It's real. It's, it's, it's a virus. It's a thing. It's It, it could have there. been made in a lab. Uh, yeah, it um, could have been it, manufactured. It sure. could be a natural phenomenon. I, I don't think we can decide to say those things decisively, um, but I'm pretty sure it's real. I'm pretty sure it's a mild flu-like upper respiratory illness that uh, is about as deadly as the flu. 
It's been on the uh, books long before it, the, the pandemic. Am I? I think I'm correct in, in saying yeah, that. Not not really novel. It's uh, not new <laughs> per per se. Uh, but it, and it and it is killing people the way you would expect a new flu. Like you know, if if you got rid of the flu today, like you just magically got rid of the flu virus. Oh, it's gone now. That happened. You didn't. And notice. Then, yeah, that, that happened. Anyway. <laughs> that happened. Uh, no, no, actually got rid of it. Not just manipulate the statistics, right? <laughs> You make it look like everybody's dying of COVID. No, but if you actually like magically eliminated the flu virus for humanity and then waited a generation and then reintroduced it, all the people who might have died over the flu over that generation are going to die suddenly when you reintroduce it. Yeah, so yeah. We're introducing something that it is novel in the sense that it's a new variation, it's a new virus or whatever it is. Um, and it is, I do believe it is killing people on about the scale of the flu. Like, and, and, and it, it might be a, a couple multiples more because it's new or it's getting to people who haven't, you know, you know, there who are is, overweight there is, and, you know, compromised. There is but a very healthy cannabis activist, ex-Marine in D.C. that is in a induced coma because his lungs shut down after getting COVID. So, you know, maybe and maybe put on a ventilator and that's what caused it. This is the other this is the other fucked up thing is a lot of people and and I don't want to touch on something too personal for our producer Jim here, but there are a lot of people who have been put on ventilators unnecessarily and died as a result. And it is one of the most under I'm actually surprised we haven't seen more exposés over the whole scandal with ventilators because it was a, it was a double edged scandal. It was the scandal of government saying and remember New York, we need more ventilators. And it was Cuomo versus Trump. But Trump's stopping us from getting ventilators. And then ventilators end up in landfills. And you're like, wait, what's going on here? Oh, no shit. They were using this as an excuse to spend more government money on unnecessary medical products. But then the other edge is that they were overusing them. And I'm not pretending to be an expert here. I don't know where the line is, when it, you should and shouldn't use a ventilator on a patient. I'm not pretending to. But I know that when government is pushing something like this, it is going to be overused. Uh, and there are there are, there are a number of very very suspicious reports where you look at the use of ventilators and go maybe ventilators were being overused and people who died on ventilators died because of the ventilators. Now that that's a bit of a, a, a leap to say necessarily that that's what was happening. I want to see that examined. I want to see that proven. But what I can say, what I think is already proven, is that there were better treatments available than ventilators. Sure. That were being kept from people. Or Henry, uh, then Hankst on YouTube, 12 year old children get vaccinated here in the Netherlands. That's gross. Uh, it's, I, they get it's vaccinated here in no. the US. Hey, we give 12 year olds meth here in the US. So, <laughs> you know, don't worry about that vaccine. So, about what I the said earlier pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, how, how the, the moderators of the the official authoritarian mainstream conversation try to pollute the others they've got this myth that 20 percent of americans or that that, that that the microchips are in the uh the vaccines and the jerusalem post has this disturbing headline 20 percent of americans believe microchips or chips are inside covid 19 vaccines study and and this is um I, I, it's not that high this is an exaggerated number because the mainstream media they want you to believe that the misinformation is very effective and dangerous, right? And it's it's crazy because look, they even think there are microchips in the vaccines. And it's like, that is crazy and that is terribly wrong. And that number is exaggerated by the way they did the poll. 
because it's 15% of Americans said the conspiracy theory was probably true, while another 5% said it was definitely true. Okay, and the, so 5% so, is the real no, 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 answer. No, no, no. It's not even that. Joey, it's not even that. Think about the way the poll question was asked, because they don't actually say this. If they say, is this true or probably true or not? So they start with a statement. There are microchips in the vaccines. Do you believe that this statement is true, probably true, untrue, or complete? You know, or like you see, you see what I mean? They, they oh, frame yeah. it and phrase it in such a way that it's engineered to elicit a higher response. So even then, like if you said, if you ask the question honestly, in appropriate context, and with without that sort of, it's not bullying, but it's a linguistic kind of manipulation. If instead you say, "Do you believe that?" There are microchips in the vaccine, which is a patently absurd idea. Then you're going to get a much lower number and you're not going to get to put out this headline that is designed to make you afraid of anybody who's questioning or challenging the COVID mythology. Excuse me. So L.A. Times from Yahoo. L.A. County coronavirus spike hits alarming levels. Excuse me. With 10,000 infected in a week as Delta variant spreads. And I I, I don't know. I mean, I almost don't. I, I, this is another big I told you so for me. I told you there would be variants. I told you that they were going to use them against us. I told you that this was going to be used to extend the coronavirus racket timeline. And in L.A. County, though, it's starting to fall apart. The sheriff actually said he's not going to enforce mask mandates because they're not scientifically based and i want to really just applaud the la county sheriff for taking that stand i'm sorry we don't have that story in the stack today because i I should be citing his name the specifics on that positive action instead of just this negative fear-mongering propaganda but ten thousand infected in a week as delta variant spreads i mean it's insanity but fortunately from uh, richieallen.co.uk we at least have a note of sanity. Irish ice hockey star resigns in protest over vaccine passports. And uh, this is where I'll refer you to the links because he specifically said, you know, you can share this as long as you don't, uh, as long as you reprint it in full and don't take it out of context. Um, I am going to quote it. Uh, I hope this is appropriately in context, sir. This is the from the letter from Niall, I think it, N-I-A-L-L in in uh, Ireland, Niall, uh, whatever, uh, McEvoy, McEvoy. Shit, my pronunciation of You're Irish names. You're doing great. today, really? Like Irish names? <laughs> Irish names <laughs> throwing me off. Okay. Uh, Niall McEvoy. McEvoy? Uh, that sounds cool, right? Said, I will not accept or consent to a vaccine passport slash digital passport, nor will I use a QR code slash track and trace system that allows the system to be implemented. This allows for total government control over the citizens of Ireland and akins us to cattle. Yeah. Uh, another quote here. At this time, I feel obligated to take a stand on the matter. Even if you believe it is, it's not a big deal. I must morally position myself in line with what is right and just. Good and for I him. You can understand where I am coming from. I-, I hope that these laws will be reversed and that the criminals and government and the guard I uh, I believe that's the Irish legislative body who enforced such laws or police. Uh, Gardai. A-N-I. Gardai. 
Darnay. Yeah. Darnay, mate. Uh, who enforce <laughs> such laws and all COVID restrictions will be held accountable at some point in the future, as were those in the Nuremberg trials. Until then, I once again, and he says, images attached for a reference. I love that. Until then, I once again say that I will not represent a country who criminalizes people who choose to live differently than the majority. Yep. Uh, next, from the AP, anger. As French protesters compare vaccines to Nazi horrors, a French Holocaust survivor has denounced anti-vaccination protesters comparing themselves to Jews who were persecuted by Nazi Germany during World War II. That's because you lack the intellectual capacity to make comparisons without guilt by association demonization. Fuck you, and fuck you for everybody who indulges in, 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 in spreading this kind of irrationality. These people are trying to make a point. And, and by saying, oh, you can't make that comparison because you're not being put in gas chambers is actually to deny the relevance of, of those who did suffer under the whole uh, To say that you can't make the comparison to something because it's not as bad. This is obviously politically motivated. So don't buy into those false you know, uh, equivalences of, oh, you can't make that comparison. APnews.com to the Olympics. Olympic athletes test positive in Tokyo days before games. Wait, you mean shutting it down to fans and imposing the strictest COVID restrictions ever? For weed or Don't COVID? Work? What did they test positive for? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you can. Okay, no, there's, by the way, a great headline from the Babylon Bee parody <laughs> website today, which said uh, transgender Olympic woman competitor suffers testicle <laughs> injury. I think it says oh, woman Olympian Bay. weightlifter suffers testicle injury. <laughs> like, yeah, that's okay. Smoking pot is not. Oh, right. like the committee is out of control. I'm 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 sitting close to the Colorado Springs Olympic Committee and the buildings and all that right now. And I when I saw it, I couldn't help but think of of all the shit they're on this year, man. That's yeah. Tokyo's uh, settle down, guys. Settle down. Did weed. the Olympics finally fully jump the shark? Ooh, new Olympic event. Shark jumping. Shark jumping? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yes. All right. From the pulse. Uh, I think this is our last uh, COVID headline. Finally, epidemiologist says COVID vaccine is phase two of a bioterrorism operation. Uh, in brief, the facts, the most highly cited physician on early treatment of COVID-19 has come out with an explosive new interview suggesting the COVID vaccine is part of a bioterrorism initiative on citizenry. Um, I don't think it's unfair to call this bioterrorism. Terrorism is making people afraid, using fear with the threat of violence in order to achieve a political outcome. Well, in this so, case, the political outcome is serve the pharmaceutical companies. And they want control. you to be afraid of the virus in order to do that. And they are willing to use violence to back up their policy. So, yeah, bioterrorism. Uh, if it's that deliberate, if that part of the narrative is, is, is the core of it, and it's definitely true, then, yes, this is bioterrorism. So the article also says, how safe and effective is the COVID vaccine? Why are so many scientists, doctors, and researchers who are raising legitimate concerns being completely censored and constantly fact-checked? Yeah, okay. So, um, oh, yeah, we have more. Okay, that's it for COVID. Yay! Yay! Thank God. Skim some fun headlines here um, from page6.com. Lena Bloom is Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue's first transgender cover star. Okay. 
I would like to award Sports Illustrated with the first okay. official Olympic gold medal for shark jumping. Good job, guys. Good job. I, I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of Sports Illustrated. I'm not a fan of shark, shark jumping. Shark surfing is a. <laughs> Pat made that up. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't you know. Can I jump look on a it. shark and serve it. I don't think that's. I mean, it's nice to think it's physically possible. And, and so I, I, I want to just briefly comment on this. I mean, this, this woman, and as a trans woman, I'll call her a woman. I respect that she's a woman because what makes her a woman is her mind. She identifies as a woman. She's a woman. That's more important. And and she's attractive to me as a straight man, uh, gender euphoric straight man. Um, this is an attractive woman, or it appears to be. Um, but, uh, I mean, call me a turf if you must, right? Uh, was it trans, exclusionary, radical feminist? And that, like, if you were born as a man and had that male privilege, then maybe parts of feminism don't apply to you. You have to at least consider that. And I'm not attracted to this person at all. I, I am... I respect them. I respect their rights. I respect other people's rights to engage with this person voluntarily as they see fit. But you used to be a man that inherently, sorry, that's eternal. And I believe I would wager that most of the uh, Sports Illustrated fans feel this. I mean, those aren't real tits. Sports Illustrated fans, I'm, yeah, it's not a. First of all, I'm turned off by fake tits. In like general. I, the idea that you would cut up your body and insert something. To, to create an artificial sex organ, that like to that me natural works. look too. Like I, I With, feel like a yeah. second you on that. Whether you're a man or a woman, that's kind of gross to me personally. I just my okay. personal sexual preferences. Cut up bodies, that's okay. artificial fake bodies, plastic in bodies. I'm all for enhancement. I'm all for you know you have the freedom to do whatever you want. I'm all for tattoos. I think body art is great. But there's also something like inherently deceptive about fake tits. Like you're, yeah. you're saying, I'm a woman and I have these mammaries, but they're actually plastic. They're, they're, there's there's a fraud inherent to that. Um, and, and, and that's disgusting. But more importantly, to the Sports Illustrated jumping the shark, um, th I think they're going to lose all their readership for this. Maybe not all, but I would say a good portion. It's, they don't have the demographic for it. I, I guess I applaud them for trying to be progressive, but I don't feel really like there was a call the for it. See, yeah. they're, they're, they're sports illustrated the concept of a mag. First of all, magazines are inherently regressive at this point. Right? I, like, I, why do we even have magazines now? I don't. Yeah. Unless you're being censored on the internet and you want to put something in print so that you can get around the censorship. This uh, is a good idea. You're like, why? Why are you still making a magazine? But to what they feed into in terms of the professional sports mythology, like, why are there no gay football players? Well, there's one now, right? Are there? Excuse, why did I say that that way? There's more. They just. Why, I mean, are I, there why no, do no, we no, need no, to know about people's sex? Life. There's a lot more. I mean, no, no. Yeah. Why no, do I? Why? Why was the NFL so homophobic for years? It's because Marketing. they were marketing they were not offering a service of sports observation and understanding their service was a psychological satisfaction for men who wanted some form of collectivism tribalism some perverted sense of masculinity that's what drives professional sports you think those assholes want to see a, a trans woman on the cover of sports illustrated not i doubt it guys. 
All right, we got some more fun headlines. We'll get to those tomorrow. Jim, producer notes quickly, please. And Joey, find us a contest winner. Yeah, you find us a contest winner while I let everybody know how they can follow along with all the links of the show, stuff we didn't cover today, t.me forward slash Adam versus a man. That's a public Telegram channel we welcome everybody to. You can be a little bit more involved with the Private Producers Club uh, by supporting the show on patreon.com forward slash Adam versus a man. You can see everything that's going on with Adam up there in Gardenia at the Garden of Freedom on Instagram. HomefrontBattleBuddies.com is the best veterans nonprofit organization where all of your donations are tax deductible. The Crypto6.com has Mr. Nobody waiting on you to write him a letter. And GoGreenEnergyOnline.com is the best website for do-it-yourselfers looking to learn more about solar and micro wind energy. Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Love you all. Have a great day. Joey, we got a contest winner? I can't find it, so I don't know who it was, but the simple answer was no. <laughs> that's well, to everybody all we who, need to say <laughs> to everybody who has a good retort to the coronavirus karens of the world out there all those bullies let's stand together let's stand up to bullying and make it a thing of the past whether it has anything to do with government or not this is a deeper thing for humanity stand up to the bullies and love them love them empower them to love themselves enough to not be bullies to not be afraid. And with that, peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.